This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, October 16th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Got a football weekend on tap. Some people might be talking about what the weekend does not have. Nick Saban, Florida LSU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Cincinnati versus Tulsa. But it still has some pretty good games. And that's including the likely game of the year, Alabama versus Georgia. So today on the College Football Daily, we're asking our friends at the Junkyard Dogcast to help us preview that. We're going to play an excerpt from that episode for y'all very soon. I I do, before we do that, want to run through a few other games I have my eye on and give you a a line or two maybe to watch. Starting, Let's start at noon Eastern time on ESPN. Number 14, Auburn is a three-point favorite at South Carolina. Auburn's numbers are dragging a little bit, and that's probably because it had to play Georgia two weeks ago, but... Auburn has a worse rushing attack and passing attack than South Carolina and South Carolina has a better defense. So if you're looking for a place for Auburn to slip up and it almost slipped up last week against Arkansas and probably got bailed out by the refs, this would be a good spot for that to happen. Will Muschamp every single year has one game where he, he gets his team to play a little bit better than we expected against a ranked opponent. That could be this week. It would be a very big win for Will Muschamp. Any very bad loss for Gus Malzahn. All right, Kentucky at number 18, Tennessee, also at noon on the SEC Network this time. Tennessee is a six-point favorite. Kentucky spent all summer telling anyone who would listen that quarterback Terry Wilson, back from an injury, was going to help take this offense to another level not made possible when Lynn Bowden was the Wildcat quarterback. That has not happened. Wilson has been very bad. He's in danger of losing his job to Auburn transfer Joey Gatewood. Kentucky's got a good O-line. They've got a great running attack, but their quarterback play has to get a lot better. Maybe it will against Tennessee. These two always play each other close. Pitt at number 13, Miami. Miami's a 13.5-point favorite, also at noon on the ACC Network. It's a pretty big spread for Miami, which I believe is in trap game upset territory here. Even if they do win, 13.5 seems like a lot. It's a hangover game for the Hurricanes. They had the big one last week at Clemson. Weren't close. Pitt is not going to let them run the ball at all. The Panthers are number three in the nation in yards per rush allowed. So they're going to make Miami throw it. Two weeks ago, we said, cool, no big deal. But the Eric King and that receiving group, they showed a few limitations on Saturday against Clemson. They're going to have to be better against Pitt. Watch for Pitt, quarterback Kenny Pickett was banged up last week in that loss to Boston College. If he can't go, the Panthers will choose between two different backups. Louisville at number four, Notre Dame. Fighting Irish, 16.5-point favorite, 230 on NBC. A month ago, I thought this might be a great game in the ACC. Louisville has been exposed as a team that is not ready to compete with the conference's best teams. 
Notre Dame should run right past them. For the Fighting Irish, though, I'm still waiting to see can their offensive attack get a little bit more explosive? Can the receivers start winning one-on-one battles? Notre Dame is just a few weeks away from hosting number one Clemson after the Louisville game. It goes to Pittsburgh and then goes to Georgia Tech. Fighting Irish are not in trap game territory yet because that's that's still a, uh, half a month away, but just something to keep an eye on as far as Notre Dame and their big test coming up. Number 11, Texas A&M, six-point favorite at Mississippi State, 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Both these teams kind of look the same, two maroon squads, farming and agriculture teams. A&M had Jimbo Fisher's signature win last week in Kyle Field beating Florida. Mississippi State on the other end, end of the spectrum had a signature loss for Mike Leach scoring all of two points. Thank you, defense. Thank you for the safety in a loss to Kentucky. Classic bounce-back game potentially here. But for AM, if it can stave off an upset, the schedule does shake out pretty nicely for the Aggies to potentially run the table. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but it's it's a it's it's a possibility here in 2020 with the SEC West not looking very good. And AM, if it does that, is going to be a playoff contender. So so keep an eye on that. And again, that's going to be on ESPN. Really good afternoon game leading us into number three, Georgia, at number two, Alabama. The Tide were listed as a six-point favorite. That line was taken off the board in some parts when Nick Saban, it was announced he has COVID-19. In some places, you can find the line at Alabama minus four. Eight o'clock, CBS, primetime television. I think it's going to be a great game. It should be. Georgia's, it's, you know, Georgia's defense is historic. Alabama's offense is historic. Georgia's offense is not very good. Alabama's defense does not look like they're very good either. So it's going to be a fantastic test. I enjoyed the Junkyard Dogcast excerpt we're about to play for you guys. Jake Rowe, Kip Adams, and Rusty Manziel. Jake Rowe made a funny point. Like These are the two most talented teams in college football. But the quarterback duel is Stetson Bennett the fourth, former walk-on at Georgia against Mac Jones, who was in the same class as Tua Tungavailoa. Never once in the last few years was Mac Jones ever considered to be the future of the quarterback room in Alabama. It was going to go Tua, and then maybe Tua's brother, Talia. Talia transferred, and then it was going to be Bryce Young, the five-star true freshman. But no, it's Mac Jones playing like a potential first-round pick for Stetson Bennett. So much NFL talent on the field. Cannot wait to watch it. Listen up. That's my first thought before we get into predictions later on is what's the psyche of Alabama and how, how does that affect them? Because if something happens – and say they have a pick six or they have a block punt. And you just natural as a human, the first thing you think was, that wouldn't happen if Coach was here. You know, that's just the way things are. So, you know, I've, I've really tried to put myself in their situation, how they're thinking, and that's the unknown right now is mentally where would Alabama be with Nick Saban, not in pregame, not in Friday night meetings, you know, that kind of thing. Because it's unknown to all of us, including them. For sure, Kip. How, how have your uh, how have your your thoughts on this game kind of unfolded as the week is going on? It's just really interesting because obviously all we can do is kind of compare what we've seen so far this year. And when I mean, you look at Alabama's offense, and they haven't played a defense, you know, anywhere close to what Georgia's going to put on the field. You look at Georgia's defense; 
they haven't faced an offense that's near as explosive as what Alabama's going to field, you know, put on the field this this weekend. So when you see the strength versus strength and and weakness versus weakness. I think it's I'm just looking at the line of scrimmage and how I mean we've said it almost every week. We I just feel like in this conference and that's where a lot of these games are won and we're going to see. You know, Georgia's defensive line, can they get pressure with four against Alabama's offensive line, against Alex Weatherwood, against Evan Neal? Um, you know, are is Georgia's offensive line going to be able to get enough push for them to not be one-dimensional, you know, be able to run the ball and be consistent? I mean, that run game has, has not really, you know, been what – it was in the past as far as just really truly being a strength and, and, and a focal point of the offense. And so, I mean, the line of scrimmage is, you know, it might not be the difference on the surface of this game. You know, when we really start breaking down what we think is going to happen. But I, I think that when you look at the matchups this weekend, I think really the game is going to be won right there, which one of the, who's able to establish, you know, and impose their will along the line of scrimmage. And it's it's just really intriguing to me. Just this Alabama team's different than the ones that we've seen Georgia play in the past. I just think, you know, that defense, I mean, is it is this really what how they're gonna play all year? Or are they gonna have to win games with their offense all year? Uh it's it just kind of strikes me that that defense hasn't really had the discipline that it's had in the past. And I really, we thought when he made the announcement that he was coming back, that Dylan Moses presence right there would be that glue and that would hold everything together. And he has just not gotten back to his previous form yet. He will at some point I would imagine, but is it going to happen this weekend? I mean, that's just something that's kind of caught my eye and, and just on the flip side, we just watched Alabama's offense have four first rounders. I mean, quarterback Tua, you know, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jedrick Wills, all gone, and they're out. Their offense is is even better this year than it was last year. It's it's just uh, truly remarkable what they were able to do replacing all those players, and yet still, so far, being arguably the best offense in the country. It's tremendous, man. It really is, and. It's 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 very similar to Georgia's defense because there's just experienced guys everywhere. There's there's depth and and a spot in a place where you don't even read that need that much depth. I mean, they they do the receiver position. I mean, really, John, uh, Mechie, uh, Devontae Smith, and and uh, Jalen Waddle are the only three guys, only three wide receivers that that have been featured in that offense this year. You got Miller, Forrestal, a tight end, and then you got the running backs who have caught passes. So it's, you know, they, they have depth, but they really rely on their main guys. And the offensive line is super talented. You know, losing Jedrick Wills was, was a blow. And, you know, I, I'll kind of get into that, I think, whenever I make my pick a little bit, but in, in a little bit. But um, the offensive line is still very talented, very good, very experienced. Uh, you know, a couple, two or three seniors up there, really good football players. Kirby Smart has talked all week about how big they are. And that, you know, they talk about wearing you down and, uh, you know, used an old quote from Nick Saban, I guess, when they worked together about there being weight classes in boxing for a reason, because the big guys kind of wear the little guys down. And that philosophy has worked for Nick Saban. And it's really the only place where he's, 
you know, really adhered to it heavily um, as, as time has gone on is that size on the offensive line. They don't have that big dominant nose tackle on the other side. And the strength-on-strength strength matchup in this thing is just what's most intriguing. And, and yeah, you want to try to find a way to go against the grain and, and find something else, an X factor or something. But that's, that's it. That's, that's the A number one matchup, the one everybody's going to be watching. You know, can Georgia limit Alabama's offense or can Alabama's offense towards Georgia's defense? And, you know, I look back, a lot of people want to talk about the LSU game, the, the LSU-Georgia uh, game in the SEC championship and how LSU scored, I think, 37 points or whatever it was. Um, yeah, the offense had a big part in that because the offense struggled and it probably hurt the defense, defense's morale. Um, but Georgia's defense wasn't on the field the majority of time in the first half. Uh, Georgia actually had time of possession advantage at the, ha- at, at the half. It forced a couple three and outs against LSU. The big factor there and, and the thing that everybody needs to understand is that it was Joe Burrow's athleticism that changed that game because Georgia got free runs at him several times in the first half, could not get him on the ground. Dude caught a 15-yard pass, his own pass. Um, uh, you know, so I mean, Trayvon it, Walker one on one, right? Face the dude juked him. Yeah, I mean, he that was it. I don't. Obviously, nobody knows Mac Jones is a, is a decent athlete, but I don't think Mac Jones can can do that to Georgia. I think if Georgia gets those free runs at Mac Jones, it's going to convert at a higher level. But getting those runs at Mac Jones are going to be tough because that Alabama offensive line is so good. And then, you know, obviously you have to look at the weakness on weakness because while the other matchup may be favored, this one may end up being the the ultimate decider. Is Georgia's offense coming along in Todd Monk and is this the week that it clicks for four quarters and Alabama's defense has heard how bad it is all week? And uh, um, one thing I'll point to there, and, and it's something Rusty and I talked about, we were talking on the phone, I believe it was yesterday, it's tough. It is very rare. And if any team can do it, it's, it's probably a Nick Saban coached Alabama team. It's really tough to fix, to completely fix a fundamental issue like tackling in one week because Alabama was terrible at it against Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss did a lot of the stuff that they did with pace, and that kind of messed Alabama up a little bit. Alabama didn't tackle, tackle particularly well against Texas A&M either. Um, so, you know, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch too because when you look at the defenses Alabama's fa- faced, their offenses faced over the first three games, um, you know, those defenses aren't exactly ranked highly, and a lot of that's got to do with what Alabama did to them. But you got Ole Miss last in the league in, in yards per play allowed at 8.79. Texas A&M is 11th in the league, giving up 7.7, uh, 6.75. And Missouri is ninth in the league at 6.26. Like I said, Alabama's numbers against them probably skewed those stats. Um, but Georgia's sitting there at number one at 3.7 yards per play allowed. And, uh, you know, that's that's been big. I, I've looked at the numbers a lot this week. And uh, I don't know that the numbers are going to tell the whole story. You're still looking at three games and everything that Georgia has did to opponents has had a, you know, one, has had a 33% effect on what those numbers look like, just like what Alabama's done to opponents has had a 33% effect on what those numbers look like. They, they, those usually come into play a little better once you get five, six, seven games into the season. And I think you've got a better idea about it. Uh, let's jump into the break real quick. On the other side, I want to talk about Georgia's big-time addition, five-star addition, before we get into our picks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Uh, Let's get into picks, Rusty. For Georgia, can they extend some drives and can they establish some running game? I think it's going to be the key to this. But I'll say Alabama 28-27. Very well could be wrong, but kind of my gut feeling on this thing is they're going to make one play more than Georgia in another uh, what should be Georgia-Alabama classic. Kip, what you got? Well, um, you know, I think Rusty did a good job kind of breaking down what, what could happen. I think in this game, it's going to be important for both teams to get off to a fast start in this game. I just think that you, you saw what happened in Georgia versus Alabama in the past, and you saw what, what happened uh, with Georgia LSU and LSU Alabama, to be honest. It's Georgia – Winning the early portions of the game with this quarterback matchup, which I do need to point out, I just think it's incredible that we talk about how well these programs are recruiting. But this top five matchup we're about to have is going to place Mac Jones, who was a composite three star and the number 399 overall prospect in this class. He was the number 18 pro stock quarterback against Stetson Bennett, who was a two-star in the composite and the 2,569th overall prospect in this class, the number 104 pro-style quarterback. It's just something that we've covered a lot of quarterback commitments. Alabama's obviously gotten some big-time ones. It's just fascinating that these are the quarterbacks starting for both programs. But I do think that that could be a difference in the game because – when Georgia's defense has not been able to get to the quarterback, I mean, Alabama has had, whether Jalen Hurts and, and Tua out there, guys that it's a little unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do all the time. I mean, we kind of know – I mean, Mac isn't – he's not a statue, I guess, but you know where he's going to be during the play for the most part. And so Georgia being able to get home and, and, and affect him could have a huge impact in this game. And I think that the difference in the game really could be special teams. You know, Jake Kamara, Georgia leads the country in, in net punting. And I think that that's something that was not a strength early on last year. Got better as the year went on. And, and now, I mean, to lead the country, it's, it's almost 48 yards. And that's a huge impact. I mean, Alabama is 67th, you know, out of 76 teams in punting right now, 33 and a half yards. Now, how many times have they had to punt? You know, again, that, that factors in, but at the same time, they're not getting that, that hidden yardage that Georgia's getting. And then, you know, at the same time, I think that Georgia 
could, you know, have a big special team, a big kickoff return that has an impact in the game. And, and I honestly think that this could be – I mean, Georgia could have uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown in this game, and that could be the difference in the game. It's just these teams are that closely matched. Uh, and I, I think that at the end of the day, special teams, turnovers, those are the difference points here. And if Stetson Bennett can take care of the football, not turn the ball over, then uh, Georgia comes out of this game – same score as Rusty. I got Georgia 28-27 after picking them to win 21-20 in, in, in the uh, preseason. I think that, you know, Alabama's offense is a little bit more explosive than what I thought, but I also think that Georgia's offense is getting better every week, and I think that they're going to give them a chance to, to win that game late. Here's the way I look at it, and this is, this is kind of linear – and it's not the way football always pans out, but it's something that's come to my mind several times this week. You look back at that 2018 game, which has zero impact on this game, okay? Is Alabama better or worse offensively? I would say if it was a 10 that year or a 9, it's a 9 or an 8 this year because I think it, you know, Tua's mobility, Tua's raw talent, I think raised the ceiling, no Jerry Judy, uh, no Henry Ruggs, um, no Jedrick Wills. I think Alabama's offense is elite, but a step down from what it was that year. You look at Alabama's defense from that year, I think it's – if it was a nine that year, it's a five or a six right now. And and that's just calling it bluntly. Uh, then I look at Georgia. Maybe a tick down offensively, probably on the same level. Um, when you consider the emergence of Kyrus Jackson. No DeAndre Swift from that 2018 game, that's a big one. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if Georgia had a running back that just scared people, that like DeAndre Swift, like Sony Michelle, not Nick Chubb, I think this would be a little bit more of a no-brainer for me. And then Georgia's defense is better, no doubt about it. Listen, if Georgia loses DeAndre Walker, which if you want to go back to the Nick Saban thing, there's not an Alabama fan out there that is sad that they beat Georgia when DeAndre Walker went out for the fourth quarter, okay? So, you know, Georgia lost a key player in that game, and, and, and it affected the outcome of the game because Jalen Hurts started breaking contain constantly uh, after DeAndre Walker's injury. Um, but, but if Georgia loses their top pass rusher, well, they've got another one. And if they lose that guy, they've got another one. And, you know, it goes four deep there when you consider Jermaine Johnson's going to be back. Uh, so I think Georgia's defense front to back much better than it was in 2018. Um, again, that none of that has really any effect on the game, but when I'm talking about these teams matching up, that's one thing I've kind of come back to is I don't think Alabama's quite where they were as a team then, and I think Georgia may be a little better. Now, will that equate to a win? Um, I agree with Rusty. I think Alabama's going to score 27 points. I'm, uh, uh, I think Alabama's going to – yeah, I think Alabama's going to score 27 points. I think Georgia's going to score uh, – he actually, you had you had Alabama at twenty eight, didn't you, Rusty? Yeah, twenty eight, twenty seven. Right. Yeah, I've got Georgia at twenty seven points, so I agree with Rusty there. Sorry, um, but I think Alabama's going to score twenty four. I've got Georgia twenty seven, twenty four. Um, I picked Georgia by three in the preseason, twenty to seventeen. I think this Alabama offense is a little better than I thought it was going to be, even though I'm really interested to see how it matches up with this Georgia defense and and you know the the fact that they're going to run all of those three receivers out there and and go with them. Uh, nonstop, but but I just I just think that that this is a game, and and it comes back to another element for me, and it's Stetson Bennett. And listen, I, I've 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 put it out there, guys. I put it out there in print last week. 
I, I'm still a Stetson Bennett doubter. But one thing I don't doubt about him, I don't doubt his, his, his makeup. I don't doubt his moxie. I don't doubt his toughness and his ability to handle the moment. I think Stetson Bennett's going to go out there and expect to win this game. I think he's going to put together another uh, 200-yard passing game, his fourth straight to start his career as a starter. And, uh, well, actually third straight as a starter, fourth straight this season. And, uh, and I think Georgia gets a win. I think it's going to find a way to do just enough. And uh, I, I do think Georgia's going to be able to get a little pressure on Mac Jones, but I don't think it comes until the second half. It's not going to shock me if you're looking at a 21 to 17, uh, you know, 20 to 17 Alabama lead or something like that, 17 10, because Alabama's had a lot of success in the first half. But Georgia's has been such a great second half defense this year. It's allowed six points in three games in the second half that I think that's going to also show up as well. And my player of the game is, uh, I'm going to go from the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to say I, I've been going back and forth between Adam Anderson and Aziz Ojolari, but but I'm going to go with Aziz Ojolari. I think he's going to come up with a couple big sacks in the second half of this game, a couple sacks in big situations, maybe one on third down, and uh, I think that's going to be Georgia's player of the game. Uh, guys, that's all we got for this one. It's uh, All the talking's over now. It's time to play a football game. It's time to uh, to see number two versus number three in Tuscaloosa, that environment, everybody. And listen, if you're going to get Alabama and Tuscaloosa, this is year to do it. It's not going to be a packed house, but it's still going to be electric. It's still going to be effective. I've seen a couple games at Georgia already where the crowd was involved and, uh, and, and they affect the opponent and Alabama's crowd's going to affect it, but we'll see how it goes. We've made our picks. Everything's down and uh, we'll catch you guys next week to talk about, or actually on Sunday, uh, we'll catch you guys to talk about how it all went and break it all down for you. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. And you guys take it easy. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Rusty. Thank you, Kip. My prediction, Alabama by three. Thank you for listening to the College Football Daily. We will talk to you all next time on Monday when we recap week seven. Hope you enjoy it. Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.